Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Amen. Um, we actually stumbled upon this preaching series by accident. A couple of weeks ago, uh, God dropped a message into my heart, uh, uh, talking and, and wanting to teach us as a church on how to claim God's promises. Uh, and after that, I know, and, and sometimes, you know, when you take down notes or when you reflect upon what was being preached, you know, even myself, as the preacher, I felt that God says that, and I, I, I want to give you a part two. I want to give you a part three. And so we started, you know, uh, three weeks ago with claiming God's promises. And then last week, we talked about commissioned you know, uh, for a purpose on purpose. And so maybe to give you guys a refresher course in case it's your first time joining us, we talk about how you know, God has placed so much more inside of us than we realize. And then we use the modern day example. We say oh, the phones that we use, uh, there's so much technology, so much computing power in it. It's enough whether you're Samsung user, iPhone user, or Xiaomi user, or Oppo user, whatever, I'm running out of names, not very good with technology as you can see. Uh, but whatever it is, you have more power in your hands than you realize. And so your phone starts with a smart, you've got more power than you realize. Enough power to send a person to the moon and back. In fact, they say that the, the technology we have in the palm of our hands today. And similarly, God has placed so much more in us. And so as a believer, as a Christian, on top of just salvation and a relationship with God, God's also put the privilege to claim His promises. And not just that, God's also put His purposes in us. And, and, and we talk about how God has commissioned us. Our purpose is to fulfill the Great Commission. But God's also commissioned us on purpose because not only does He love us, He trusts us. And He's built us to be able to produce and reproduce the supernatural and the miraculous. Uh, and, 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 and as we begin to dwell upon it, God says, I got a part three, which is what we want to go into today, which is potential. And so if you're taking down notes, the title for today's message is called Maximizing Your Potential. God's placed His promises in us. God's placed His power in us. God's placed His purposes in us. And God's also put potential in us. Amen. And even as I was reflecting on it, God gave me another way of looking at it. You know, and, and, and God is saying that, you know, uh, uh, this, even this three-part message. And next week, I, I have to seek God again. Not next week, but this week, I have to seek God again for some fresh spiritual bread for this coming Sunday. I'm uh, always excited to preach. Uh, but God is saying that, you know, for the last three weeks, what you might not realize is that I'm also laying down my plans for your past, present, and future. And I, and I go like, my or past, I didn't talk about the past, but God says, my promises are now your past. Is that too deep for you? My promises are now your past. You see, all of us, we have a past. And some of us, in fact, most of us, we don't like our past. Even to go back, and not talking about the dodgy stuff that you did, I'm just talking about your pictures. You know, to go back and show you pictures of your hairstyle when you were eight years old, you'll be like, that, that, that's not my past. I don't like it. You know, my, uh, my, 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 my wife always says that, you know, I hate, she, said, she told me, I hate my baby pictures. And, and so when we first start dating, I don't know why, the mom just go like, see, this is catchy when she's a baby. And she's just there like, ah. So I'm not even talking about the past that we're, we're ashamed of. I'm just talking about our past. And even our baby pictures, sometimes we don't like. And we all have a past. We all have a past. Some of our past is as fresh as yesterday. But I want you to know, in God, He doesn't care about your past. In fact, in Him, His promises have become your past. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? So every time the enemy or every time your own self-loathing tries to get the better of you and try to remind yourself, uh, you're not really that great. You know, if the whole world knew who you really were, they would hate you. Nobody would befriend you. You would be so disgusting. And, and that might be true to a certain extent, but in God's eyes, He says, well, I don't care about that anymore. I care about my promises for you. So now every time your past tries to rear its ugly head, what we can do as Christians is to claim, you know what, the past is the past. I've got God's promises now. God's promises, every single promise of the Bible that has been given to us is placed in the past. You know, it's happened before we were even born. And God is saying that, look, my beautiful promises have now become your past. And so you're, you're no longer uh, good for nothing. You are someone that is loved by God. Uh, you're no longer a sinner. You're, you're a sinner that has been saved and forgiven. You, you're your work in progress. You know, you're, every day, God is saying, I'm celebrating your progress because I'm a progress celebrating God. And, and, and so His promises, His words have now overwritten our past. And our present, God's filled it with purpose. And He's given us the ability to function in the present and to, 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 to climb every mountain and to achieve everything that we desire in our hearts. And then His future, He's placed it and He's seeded our life with potential. Amen. I'm looking at a face, a, a whole sea of blank faces this is some super A-grade preaching right now. If you help me preach, I'm going to preach even better. If you could grade this in beef, this is some Wagyu Kobe beef level one preaching. This is the type of preaching that will, can write books. Some of you are going to leave this church and then you're going to miss my preaching one day. You're going to be like, man, you know, I'm going to a church now. God bless the church. The community is good, but boy, do I miss Pastor Day's preaching. Then you will, you will miss it. But right now when you have it, come on, celebrate and help me preach. Amen. Can, can I hear a good amen? That's just my, that's not even my message. That's just a refresher, amen? So let's pray. Father, Lord, right now, we want to commit the preaching of your word into your hands. Lord, we're going to read some scriptures in a while. And we want every word, every verse to jump out of the pages we're reading it from and into our hearts. Today, we're not here to be entertained. We're not here for class. We're not here for information. We're here for transformation. Lord, let every word, every verse come alive. And let it transform us from the inside out so that we can live a life that, that is the best version of us that you want us to live. So that we can live a life that glorifies you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today, I want to go into the part three. So we talk about promises, we talk about God's purposes and how we are commissioned for a purpose and on purpose. God loves us, God believes in us. Man, that's some, that's some mind-blowing revelation there. And then now today, I want to give us, you know, uh, the, the, the final part, which I want us to be able to maximize our potential. You know, I'm not sure how or what your view of Christianity is. Uh, and maybe due to your upbringing or maybe due to media, uh, you perceive church to be boring, church to be, you know, always telling you to just focus on the spiritual and not on anything else. But that's not what church is. That's not who God is. Our God is a God who has placed potential in us. I want our church, and not just our church, but every church. I, I desire uh, for, you know... I, I, I want a, a, a potential to be realized in our church. I want the best lawyers to come out of our church. And all the lawyers say, oh, only two. Great. Amen. So, so, so receive that. Receive that. Okay. So you hear it first. Okay. So all you bar students, when you're not doing well, guess what? You didn't say amen. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you know, I want the best lawyers to come out. I want the best doctors to come out of our church. I want the best engineers to come out of our church. I want, the, I want the best graphic designers to come out of our church. I want the best economists 
to come out of our church. I want the best biomedical sciences to come out of our church. I want the best. I want everyone to fulfill the potential. God is not just interested in us growing spiritually. He wants us to make a difference in wherever He has placed us. So, you know, I, 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 know I want music to be able to come out of our church. I want musicians to come out of our church. I want artists to come out of our church. I want, I want our church to be able to be, have, have to, you know, in our midst, you know, to have uh, doctors that are making a difference. A do, you know, an artist that can sell million-dollar paintings when they're still alive. You know, and I want, <laughs> I want, you know, potential to be released. And it's not just me, but it's God as well. And that is something that we've got to embrace, that God is not just interested in the spiritual, He's interested in helping you maximize your potential. If you don't believe it, why do you turn with me to Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 29. This is a scripture that we've read many times before on talents, on the parable of talents, but it's also a scripture and a parable on maximizing your potential. And in it are keys, in it are some truths. Uh, that if we can grasp it, if we can embrace it, if we can apply it, we will be blessed and the potential that's in us will, will be able to be fully maximized. Amen. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 25, it says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents. Everybody say five. To another two. Everybody say two. And to another one, everybody say, to each according to his own ability. We're going to pause right here. Do you notice that everybody got something? So turn to your neighbor and say, you've got something. you got something. There's no such thing as a talentless person. If, if that was true, God would have placed and then some he didn't care for at all. No, instead, he says, I gave some five, I gave some two, I gave some one, I gave everybody something according to their ability. Now, you might not, you, we, are, we, we all have different abilities, but we all have potential. Amen? And that's something that God wants us to realize. So let's read on. And immediately, he went on a journey. And then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them. Say, traded. That's important, we'll come back to that. And made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two, gained two more also. But he who had received one, went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. I'm going to pause here right now. Here's the truth that is from the Word of God. If you like it, say amen. If you don't like it, say ouch, but write it down anyway because it's not going to change. God will one day come back and hold us accountable to every potential that has given to us. That's a scary thought. God, you think that you're going to come back and go like, oh God, I didn't do anything. God says, no, no, no. I placed potential in you. What did you do with it? And so this is something that, that it's, it's so, so not maximizing your potential is not an option. Because it's not going to be accounting to your pastor. It's not going to be accounting to your parents. It's going to be accounting to God because God will come back. His word says, I will come back one day and I'm going to look through everyone and the potentials I've given them and we're going to have an accounting session. I'm going to audit your life. Oh, that's a scary thought. And I'm going to check to see what have you done with the opportunities I've given you, with the blessings I've given you, with the connections I've given you, with the potential I've given you. Amen? And let's move on. So he who had received 
five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hit your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Can we read on to verse 26 all the way to 29? And I will let Toby... Everybody say potential. Everybody say five talent. Everybody say two talent. Everybody say one talent. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you got something in your teeth. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and let's read on. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Sometimes we don't like to read the Bible because we're scary it's scary and we realize that, wow, God is loving but He's got expectations as well. And you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I will have received back my own with interest. So He's saying that if you didn't want to do something with it, at least put it in the bank. That at least I would have gotten something more than just what I gave you. I would have gotten back interest. So take the talent from Him and give it to him who has ten talents, to the first guy. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And verse 30 is a very scary thought, and we shall not read it so that we can all still eat lunch. Otherwise, you'll lose your appetite. I've got three points for you on how to maximize your potential. Point number one, to maximize your potential... Your potential needs to be traded. The first guy who was given five talents, you know, there are many translations of the Bible, you know, and, and many times, you know, it's, 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 you know, certain translations that say that, oh, it's not servants, it's slaves, and, and certain words, you know, people change uh, uh, because, you know, it, it connotes different meanings. But one word that's always consistent is the word traded. And it said in all versions of the Bible that the person who had five talents went to trade. Maybe uh, 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 Toby can flash that verse up. He went to trade. I don't know about you, but trade means that there's an exchange. Right? I'm talking to all university students. All, you, you know what I'm talking about. There's an exchange. And so what God wants to tell us is that I've placed potential in you. But if you do nothing with it, nothing will happen. But for something to come out of it, for that potential to increase, you've got to trade. There has to be an exchange that happens. There has got to be, you know, uh, less of who you were and more of who God is. That's what trading is. You take whatever you have and go like, oh, that looks nice. I'll trade this for that. I'll, I'll, I'll trade you some of this for some of that. And so trade means that to give away that which you have to gain that which you have not. And so God is saying that, look, I place potential in you, but, but, and I love you, uh, uh, you know, for who you are, but I don't want you to stay the way you are. 
And that is something that a lot of Christians, we, we don't like. We like to just, God, don't love me as I am. God, if you really love me, you'll love me as I am, right? And, and, and God says, well, I, I love you as you are, but I, I love you too much to see you remain the way you are. And, and for us to realize our potential, we've got to embrace the fact that we need to trade. Uh, we need to exchange uh, our old self for God's new self. Uh, there's a scripture here I want to turn. You can turn to, uh, and, and maybe Toby can help us with this, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. I'm going to read the regular version, and I found this really cool version called the Passion Translation. I'm going to read that uh, in a while. But uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Amen. Feel free to turn to your Bibles. Don't just stare at the screen. Okay, it says this, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And see, it's another portion of Scripture that reminds us that God loves us, but that it is an expectation for us to keep pressing on, to keep reaching for the more that God has in store for us. Us. Some of us, we have a little bit potential. One talent, two talent, four talent. But no matter what it is, if you don't trade it, it's not going to increase. And, and that's a scary thing. God doesn't want you to just sit on your talents. God wants to see increase in your life. The Passion Translation says this, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion into His abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly gold and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. What powerful words. And God is saying that I want my church to realize the potential because I'm going to come back and there's going to be an accounting. But they need to understand that they need to trade. What does trade mean for us? You know, scripture aside, let's go into some application. You know, you've got some talents, but the truth is this. If you remain the way you are, if you remain just with your same preferences, with your same habits, nothing will come out of it. You know, many times, you know, people have said this, that the richest place on planet Earth is the graveyard. And before you get all too scientific and go like, oh yeah, because the human decay and the petroleum is formed deep down under, no, because it's wasted potential. It's buried potential. And that is the richest place and also the saddest place on planet Earth because it's wasted. And God is saying that, you know, you can live and die, but, but, but I want you to grow. And so one thing I realized as a Christian is this, that, you know, if I remain the way I am, God can't use me or God can only use me to a certain extent. But I don't want, God, if God has given me four talents, even if God has given me one talent, I don't want to remain one talent because that is not acceptable to God. I want to trade with God. And so I learned from a young, very young age that I might not be able to change my personality, but I can change my preferences. And some of you might or might not know this, but I'm an introvert. I came back, you know, really tired in Bristol yesterday and my wife is like, you know, and my wife, while she looks quiet, you might not know this, she's an extrovert. <laughs> Liar. I'm married to her, so trust me, I know what I'm saying. 
because and because and, and extrovert recharges by having people around. You know how my wife recharges? Hey, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. And after coming back from work, she'll be like, talk to me, talk to me, you haven't talked to me yet. And so yesterday, even though I come back, you know, I was serving, I was cooking for 250 people, you know, just giving out, you know, and, 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 and just, you know, and then the next day I had to preach. And I came back last night, you know, there was a delay on the bus, but I came back and I'm there, I'm eating dinner. And then she's telling me all stuff, and I talk to her, talk to her, talk to her. And she said, hey, I went, I went shopping. Can I try on the new clothes for you? I'm like, oh, maybe not now. Why? <laughs> I go like, because I'm tired. Because I'm an introvert by nature. I've spoken all the words I have to say in church and to people while serving them. And I just need some alone time to recharge. But you see, my wife, even though she was working, I and mean, when I came back last time, she was still working, uh, you know, and, and she, because she's a hard worker, and she's, but, but even though she's working, and she's tired, and she sees me and says, hey, let's talk, and that's how she recharges. And so while my personality is an introvert, I realize that if I remain an introvert, God can't use me. And so while I am an introvert, you know what I traded with God? I traded with God my preferences. You see, we can be an introvert, and I prefer not to talk to people, but I go like, yeah, I'll still be an introvert, but God, I will talk to people when I need to talk to people. God, I'm an introvert by nature, but God, if you want me to preach, and you've put inside me the potential to preach, that I cannot remain an introvert. Have you seen an introverted preacher? Hi, everybody. Don't look at me. I don't even know why you gathered to hear me preach. You know, don't look at me. I'm just hiding behind the cross. You know, why don't you just stare down on your Bible? It's all about Jesus anyway. And while that person can try to preach, that person won't be an effective preacher. But if I wanted to realize my potential that God has given me, I needed to trade my preferences. And so whether I like it or not, I had to start making eye contact. And while it was scary at first, I'll give you a cheat, I started staring at the back wall when I first started preaching. Cat was there when I first started preaching. It was horrible. You know, I went up there. I was so nervous. And every time I'm nervous, I crack jokes. And she said that 40, 80% of your sermon, you preach for 45 minutes, and 80% of your sermon was a stand-up routine. But I had to trade. I still remember when I finished preaching, and then my coach, my mentor, my senior pastor, Pastor Kenneth, who will be coming to preach in a few weeks' time, he's really nice. But when you love someone, you can't always be nice. And he saw the potential in me, and he said this to me. He said, Dave, uh, uh, okay. Uh, he, <laughs> he didn't say good, he said, okay. Uh, but he said some very ouch words. He said that uh, that message was, was just all flesh. And nobody's going to want to hear you speak from the flesh. People want to hear you speak from the spirit, into the spirit, into their spirit. So right there and then, I had to trade. I can either sit on my potential and go like, you're the, you're the worst pastor ever. Or I can trade and go like, I'm going to trade my thin skinness for thick skinness. I'm going to trade my, my heart that is easily offended for a heart that is not easily offended. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's only when I begin to trade my potential that God begins to give me different abilities. Right now, I can preach and stare you straight in the eye and make you really uncomfortable. Hi, Jacqueline. <laughs> but that wasn't who I was a long time ago. Why? Because I chose to trade my potential. Some of you here, you're seated 
and you've got so much potential in you. But before you know it, first year's gone. Before you know it, second year's gone. Before you know it, third year's come. And I've been a pastor long enough to see something called the three-month revival. You know where the three-month revival happens? Three months before you graduate. You suddenly be filled with certain reality that says that I'm graduating in three months and I've got nothing to show for. And God's placed all these lives in my life and for the last three years, I've not been even making an effort to draw near to Him. So for the last three months, I'm going to burn like, 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 like never before. And while praise God for the three-month revival, we pray that the three-month revival will, will keep you on track to a 30-year revival, 60-year revival that never stops. But, but isn't it a shame that you were here and God's placed you in a potential and you had the potential of three years but you only used three months? And so we've got to learn to trade. And go like, God, I, I don't want to be scared anymore. I'm, I'm still a bit scared, but I'm going to trade. I'm going to give a little bit of my fear away in exchange for your confidence. I'm going to live, give a little bit of my old habits for your new habits. I'm going to give a little bit. I'm going to trade. So if you want to maximize your potential, you got to trade. It's not about going to seminars. You got to trade. You got to trade. You know, if you want to grow in your faith, if, if, you, place, if you know that God has placed in you not just spiritual potential, but even potential to be a, a, a great lawyer, you've got to trade. You know, those of you who go to bar school, you realize the first thing you got to trade is you got to not be afraid to study. And what of three years of your undergraduate, you could cram in last minute and then the moment you do your bar, it's like, exam every other week. Tutorial groups, they expect me to talk. In the past, I could hide behind my white friends, but right now, I've got no white friends to hide behind. And unless I talk, they're not going to mark me. They're going to mark me as absent. Oh no, I've got to trade. And all the bar students say, oh no, you still have no student. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, come on, Jessica. Yeah, Jessica did bar and she did her master's in Oxford and uh, she traded. She traded her, her who she was for who God wants her to be. She traded her own fear and insecurity for the confidence that God has. She traded her preferences for God's identity. You got to trade to maximize your potential. Point number two is this. This is deep, okay? Write it down because this will blow your mind. To maximize your potential, you got to realize that your potential has potential. Let's go to the person with the one talent. It's very easy for us to look at him and go like, that guy, what was he thinking? So lazy. But do you know he has got great potential? And it's actually there. Even though we can overlook the guy with one talent, but do you know that he was the one who really displayed his talent? He says, then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered, you wicked lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. The guy with five talents just went to trade. Nowhere in the Bible did it show that he knew the master's personality and nature. The guy with the two talents just went, oh, two talents, oh, go to work. But nowhere did he say that he understood the master's heart. But the third guy, even though he had one talent, do you know his gift? Have you met people like that? They can, they can read situations really well. This guy was a guy, like a modern day Sherlock. He's there. And as his master was giving him the one talent, he could see all these extra things pop up around his, his master. Shh, 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 hard man. Reach where he does not sow. Will come back soon and ask me an accounting. But still chose to be afraid. This guy had potential. 
He had potential to read body language. He had potential to read into situations. He had potential to read between the lines. You know what the Bible calls that? Discernment. Have you met people like that? Maybe you're someone like that. How many of you here, you need, you know, one, you need at least, I don't know, you, you need a full day to finish one chapter of whatever you're studying. How many of you, one full day to finish a chapter? Yeah, I see some hands. Amen. Do you know some friends who don't need a full day to finish one chapter? Do you know people like that? I see some hands nodding. Some hates nodding, hands nodding. <laughs> hates nodding. Some people can, they can, you know, you take five hours to do something. Some people take one hour to do it. Have you met disgusting people like that? Right? You know what I'm talking about? You're there cramming the whole night and then last minute, you know, I know in church, there's one, one person that gives, her name is Wingman. Right? Right? No, I'm just joking. I'm not, you know, because Wingman, it, it gets this good rap or bad rap, you know, everybody, you know, she's until exam. Exam can be the next day and the night before, she'll be like, cha time, baby, who wants to go cha time? And, and, and she's in her final year now, but in her first year, second year, every time I see her, and, and, and me and Pastor Kat, we pray every year. So, so, so maybe it's not her, maybe it's our prayer, right Kat? So every time we go like, oh wow, Wing, Wingman's just playing all the time. Like we're, we're so happy, she's enjoying church, and she's like the life of party, and she's game for anything. Every time, you know, exam could be Monday, Sunday after lunch, dessert. And then after a while, even the most chill person, you know, in, in church is going like, oh, maybe you need to go back and study. And, and so every time we go like, oh, women still, still, oh, got to pray, you know, and we pray. But every time women comes out, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. What do you get women on first class? And she says it like it's nothing, like first class, you know. You know, you know Dean? Yeah, I'm on his list. Okay, cool. <laughs> He's on first name basis with the Dean. Hi, Dean, Dean. Dean, Dean. And so, you know, and, 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 you know this, maybe this person had the ability to read into situations. That is potential. But that potential led him astray. Do you understand? That potential has potential. And so some of you here, God's given you potential. Do you know that some of you are so blessed with looks? Do you know your beauty is a potential? I know you never saw it that way. You know, I'm not blessed with that potential. You know, some of you are blessed with potential. You know, your, your body naturally, you come off your mother's womb and you got a six-pack. You know, I've got a jumbo pack, you know, because I like to share. That's why, you know, six-pack, only five other people can be blessed. Jumbo pack, the whole family can be blessed, you know. So I've got a KFC bucket here. And so, but your potential is potential because some of you, God's gifted you with beauty. God's gifted you with good looks. And, and before you call me shallow, read the Old Testament. What does it talk about King David? He was ruddy looking. What does it talk about King Saul? He was good looking. It was head and shoulders, literally head and shoulders above the rest. God's blessed him with natural good looks. And so when people look, wow, the first king of Israel, isn't he a sweetie pie? And when people look at David, oh, he's so rugged, so good looking. Mm. And the women wanted to be with him and the men wanted to be like him. But his potential had potential. He could either draw men to himself or he could draw men to God. Your potential has potential. Some of you here are so brilliant in your studies. That's your potential. But your potential has a potential. It can either, you can either use it. You don't know, it's, it's funny. Like, uh, I was an average student, but throughout my whole university year, I never once met a friendly student who would help other people in their studies. But maybe some of you here, your, your, your potential is that, you know, study to you is, is nothing. And that, you, and that potential has a potential. You can either make yourself the smartest person and be selfish with that potential, or you can be a blessing and help other people and volunteer to do tutoring for free. 
and through that, help someone and, and help someone overcome uh, their past and, and what they couldn't overcome themselves. Your potential has potential. Do you know that somebody asked me recently, hey, why did I not want to become a, a lawyer? Because I studied law. Uh, why do you become a pastor? You know, uh, uh, I, you, you know how you know you're talking to non-Christians uh, uh, in Bristol? I go like, oh, hi, pastor. By the way, uh, pastor, what do you do? And so literally, I thought pastor was my name. So I'm like, okay, oh, that, that's a very strange name, pastor. Okay. And, and, and so people ask me like, oh, why do you not do law and all that? Uh, and there's, there's a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons was because potential had potential. And, and I realized that mm, while I might not have the same potential as my wife. My f- wife has great attention to detail. She loves paperwork. I, I, I hate paperwork. I've got low attention to detail. But I realized that I have a potential and good, good skills to communicate. And I was afraid that my potential would lead me astray. And I could almost like, sometimes God gives you a glimpse of the future and go like, if you go down this path, this is what's going to end up to you. And, and I was like, oh, wow, I, if I become a lawyer, I know I'll, I'll be more of like a litigator and, and I will like to argue. And whether I'm right or wrong, I'll just keep arguing. And my potential to argue could get the better of me and I might not be the best person that God wants me to be. So I realized my potential had potential. I can either use this gift to communicate, to argue, or I can use this gift to communicate, to share the good news. So I chose to apply my potential to a purpose. You see, your potential has a potential, but to re- maximize that potential, you've got to apply it to purpose. And so the one guy with the one talent uh, chose to apply it to the purpose of fear. But everyone else chose to apply it to the purpose of the master. What purpose are you placing your potential under? Some of you here, you have potential for leadership. You know, you don't need to run for office. People just naturally give you... You know, I was never president of any society. Some of you here have been president since, I don't know, president of the primary school chess club, and then you move on to like the student council. And some of you have been president for life, student council from primary school to secondary school to college to now university. In university, you're some sort of leadership potential. You've you're, you're lead, you're, you got a leadership potential, but what are you using that potential for? Are you just using it for yourself gain? Are you going to use it as a way to impact and influence the world for the better? Some people have a, have a potential to fundraise. But are you going to use that potential for your self-gain or are you going to use it to help make a difference? Some of you, you have, a, you have, you have, you have potential for, 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 for things you don't even realize yet. But what you need to do is this. You've got to start applying that potential to a purpose. Because it's only under purpose. You see, the master is saying that you should have followed my purpose because if you understood my purpose, you could have at least put it in the bank. But because you didn't get me and you didn't get my heart, you could, you could read me, yet not get my heart. Some of us, we have potential, but we're not maximizing it. We have potential, but we've refused to put it under purpose. And that potential is drawing us away from God. It's so sad that to see so many people. Do you know that some of the best, you know, I, I, I've, I've worked a while and, 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 and it's sad, but I've seen some, some of the most talented people on earth uh, have their roots as Christians. You know, when you, when you look at, okay, I'm going to say some old names that nobody here would know, as some people, Whitney Houston, church. Mariah Carey, church. Beyonce, church. Destiny's Child, church. All of them had, but that potential, they could sing, but, but today they're, they're not singing for the glory of God. 
There's so many businessmen that I've, I've, I've met, uh, uh, you know, and their background, church. That's where they got their leadership potential, church. And they apply it in, in, in the marketplace. There's nothing wrong with it, but after a while, you see that gift start robbing them away from God. And so your potential has potential. Don't let your potential get the better of you. Place it under the purposes of God. Point number three is this. To maximize your potential, first of all, you've got to realize this, that if you, if you trade your potential and if you place your potential under the purposes of God, God will increase your potential. But God increases His potential in people not based on their looks, not based on their charisma, but paid based on the patterns in their life. So my point number three is this. If you want your potential to be maximized, you need a pattern of success. In other words, you need consistency in your life. What's another word for pattern? Consistency. Do you notice that the person who had the one talent where he didn't do anything with it, God chucked him out and God took that one talent and who did God give that one talent to? God gave it to the person who had 10. Because God saw the pattern in his life and go like, this guy can take five and make it 10. If I give him 11, he's going to give me so much more. I, 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 the first time I went to church, not the first time, but the first time I, 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 I went to an English-speaking church because I got saved in a Chinese and a Mandarin-speaking church. Really hardcore. Uh, and, uh, but, but good. They, 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 they did form so much about the first time. But as I realized that English was more my lingua franca and I wanted to go to a place where, you know, uh, I could worship God and sing every letter. You know what I'm saying? So you might not understand. And I'm growing up from a Chinese church and my Mandarin was half-baked. And so even though they had songs of praise and hymns, uh, I was like, uh, Jesus, I don't understand what that word is. Glorified. Okay, so you must be glorified some way, somehow. And, 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 and I couldn't really, you know, the worship was, was stuck for me. So when my friend invited me to his church, which was like an English youth service. I went there and I was so happy because for the first time I was singing songs in English and I could sing, I could understand. I was experiencing the fullness of God. I was crying in worship. I was singing my heart out. And do you know that that, that first time I went to that church, uh, immediately after that, the person, after the service, the person turned to me and go like, can you not sing so loud next time? Because I don't think you've got potential to sing. Because you're not hitting the notes. Because you're singing off-key. And at that time, I didn't even know what off-key was. I said, I don't have keys. <laughs> How can I be off-key if I don't have keys? Anyway, anyway, so you have to give your own drum roll. You know, if you and so I was like, oh, I was so crushed. I said, oh, okay, yeah, maybe not. But I didn't let that, you know, there's was, there was no bad memory. But I realized that as I begin to be faithful with the potential that God has given me. And so, even before, so you go, oh, so, so when do you preach? I said, I never preach. You know, the first thing I served in church, I served as an usher. And, 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 and I, I love, you know, I was, I was such an introvert. But, but one day, uh, Pastor Sandra, Pastor Cannon's wife came and said that, hey, uh, you're new to church. I think our church needs some ushers. Would you help us to head it up? And I'd be like, yes. But what do I do? Stand there and welcome people. Okay. And then she said, but you can't dress the way you are. And so she saw potential in me to be a good usher. But I was there in church wearing slippers and shorts because I'm from Penang and that's our uniform. Everywhere we go, slippers and shorts. It's not a good habit, so I had to trade it. 
So I went to the supermarket and for the first time in my life, I bought myself a shirt. Short sleeve, light blue. Wife hates it until today. She's seen it. It's still around. I don't think I can fit it anymore, but it's there because it's a testimony because it's the first shirt I bought to serve God. And I bought it at a reject shop. But that was only what I could afford as a poor student. And I went there and it says that 19 Malaysian dollars and I went there and God gave me a discount. The person, boop, 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 $15. I go like, God, it's a sign from you. I'm supposed to serve you. So the first thing I did, I had to trade my preferences and go like, you know what, yeah, I, as much as I love slippers and shorts and flip-flops, this ain't going to make a good impression for people coming to church, so I got to trade this. So I traded in with a short-sleeve, electric blue, button-up shirt, and only one pair of proper pants, which is grey slacks. So electric blue with grey slacks, and I only had one tie in my entire life as a poor student, and it was a Bugs Bunny tie, and it was like this, it was a big tie, and there was Bugs Bunny at the bottom, and he was chewing a carrot, and it, it, on top here, it says, what's up, doc? And I told myself, that's perfect for ushering. And so on my first day, I wore that, short sleeve, grey slacks, electric blue, Bugs Bunny tie, and I couldn't be happier. I was there, shaking hands with people, welcoming people, oh, welcome to church, welcome to church, welcome to church. And guess what? The next thing they got me to do, because they start seeing that, man, we start seeing a pattern in this guy. You know, and, and I wanted to, you know, serve on the worship team. I did. But then suddenly I'll remember what the other person said. They go like, maybe not for me. But then I said, you know what? But every time the church uh, is open for the worship team to come and practice, because I'm the usher, and technically this is not what has been called for me to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I'm going to go and I'm going to vacuum the church. Because our church was young, we had no full-time cleaning staff. Until today, we still don't have. And so I would go in when the worship team would practice on stage and do their sound check and do their new songs and I would take the vacuum cleaner out and I'll vacuum the carpet and vacuum in all the dust because I put my potential under a purpose. And after a while, when they needed a new cell group leader, guess who they picked? They picked me. Not because I was talented. They haven't even heard me teach. They haven't heard me preach. I didn't even know I could preach. All I could know is that I was happy wearing my short sleeve, Bucks Bunny tie, with shaking hands and vacuuming on every Thursday for church. But my senior pastors saw a pattern in my life. And they go like, this guy is consistent. This guy's got a pattern of servanthood. This guy's got a pattern of sacrifice. This guy's got a pattern of dependability. We can depend on him. This guy has a pattern of going the extra mile. We never asked him to vacuum, but he vacuumed anyway. And I didn't just vacuum, I vacuumed and I febrezed. <laughs> and even though we only had that place, that venue to meet, it was an old, it was an old smelly cinema. You know, where there was in the it, it was so dodgy the cinema that we had no toilets in church, and we, had, we could only come in and go out through the fire exit. It was a fire hazard, but it was the only place we had as a church, and it was smelly because the lobby connected to an illegal casino. This is all in, 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 in those of you who know this, I'll, I'll tell you after service where, where it is today, the whole place has been stripped apart and a new building has been built on top of it, but we were only there for six months, but for the six months, I vacuumed that hall like it was my own house, and I breezed it like nobody's business. 
I was walking down the aisle with two Febreze guns. I was like, tch, 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 tch. and they saw the pattern of dependability. They didn't see the Febreze, but they saw the pattern of servanthood. And out of that pattern, God says that, okay, now be a teacher. And I love, I was like, oh, I'm going to prepare the heck out of teaching. And I taught, and I taught, and I taught, and I taught. And then after a while, they start seeing a pattern. They start going like, how come David Yao's uh, cell group always ends late? Because he can't stop teaching. I think this guy's got potential for more. So let's train him to preach. You see, God increases in your life based on your pattern. I don't need to be a prophet to know that God will increase your life based on your pattern. I don't need to be a prophet to look at Sam's life and know that God's got so much more in store for him. Because when, when I still remember when, when I was campus pastor back then, he was a new student from Bintulu. And he was so nervous, he said there, oh, I just say Sarawak because if I say Bintulu, nobody will know where that is. And then we, we said that, hey Sam, why don't you, you come? And, and as we start seeing patterns of faithfulness in his life, we start saying that, hey Sam, his first camp that he went to, we said that, Sam, I know it's your first camp, but can you coordinate worship for us? And he's like, huh? But because we did that, not because I ever heard him play, I never but because I saw patterns of faithfulness. Because every time we say, uh, we need people to help carry chairs or we need people to clean up church, Sam was there. Uh, we need people to, to give out flyers, Sam was there. And begin to see there's a pattern in his life. And so I go like, you know what? Can you play guitar? Yes, I can. You're going to coordinate worship for us. And then when he came over here, I said, yeah, Sam, you're going to coordinate worship for us. And because of his pattern of faithfulness, you start seeing God increase in his life. I can look at your lives and go, and if I just study your pattern, I know you're going to turn out well. But guess what? It's not just me. It's God as well. God rewards your pattern. God rewards your consistency. God rewards you in the public place, how you honour Him in the secret place, when you think nobody is looking. That's the God we serve. So to maximise your potential, you've got to first understand that promotion comes from God. It was God who increased the potential. 10, guess what? Now you're 11. Because I've seen your pattern. I've seen that you are faithful. And so we might not fully understand what we're doing now, but do you realize, let's, let's flash the, uh, 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 the verse one more time. God gave them talents, money, and they were faithful with money. But God didn't just reward them with more money. God made them rulers. It says there, uh, uh, to, the, uh, to, to the last page, uh, uh, Toby, uh, not, not to the last page, uh, middle page, uh, verse 26, 20, uh, yeah, 20, yeah, 25, 26. Uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, one more page before, yeah, thanks, okay. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Do you see that? God, God, God saw the pattern of their faithfulness with money, but God promoted them to be a ruler. God didn't give them a ruling exercise. God gave them a money exercise, but because they were faithful with a money exercise, God made them a ruler. You see, you might be thinking, what has that got to do with my future? You know, I, I've got my, my future planned out for me. Yeah, God's going to look at how your pattern as a student and God's going to say that I, 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 from this pattern, I can either add more increase or I will just stop. And so you might be doing things and thinking, what has this got to do with my future? What has ushering got to do with my future? I know Shanice is going to be great because she's got a pattern of faithfulness. Shanice is so on point that I hate her sometimes because she's ahead of me. 
Because I'll be like, so Shanice, we're going to do it. Okay, do it now? Uh, no, no, uh, l- let me prepare first. Okay. Uh, and, and she's always like, you know, if, if Shanice is the type of girl that if something can be done today, let's get it done today. And when I look at that, I go like, oh, you, you're going you're gonna to rock it next time. Because I'm, I'm seeing patterns of faithfulness. You know, when, when, I, when, when, when I see Rora's life, I always tease her. I say that, you know, Rora, you're going to be, you know, you're gonna be the, the most famous fashion designer from, from coming out of X Church. And she always says, I don't want to be a fashion designer. No, you're going to be a fashion designer. Because I've seen patterns in your life. Oh, I'm not that creative. I just like to do this. No, no. I've seen patterns in your life. And when you begin to honor God with your patterns, God's going to use you in a capacity that you never dare, dreamed, or imagined. So I pray. I know this message might not sound, as I wrap to a close, this message might not sound deep, but you know what? God, God doesn't always use deep. I, I love preaching practical because we have to do something about it. Sometimes deep is just an excuse for us not to do anything about it. You know, so, and so I'm not afraid to preach what God wants me to preach. And I, I, I want us to not just realize this, but I want you to first thing you'll realize that God will come back and hold you accountable. What will you do with your potential? Would you trade so that your potential increases? Trade by starting to serve. Trade by learning to submit to the will of God. Trade by, 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 by giving up your own preferences for God's preferences. Would you submit to God's purposes because your potential has a potential? And you can either use your potential to gather a following around you. Do know that you can have a gift to talk, but you can also have a gift to gossip. Your potential has potential. You can either have a gift to, 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 to have a following, or you can also have a gift to form a clique. Your potential has a potential. Your, your, your ability to communicate can either help people or it can either hurt people. Your potential has a potential. You've got to align it with God's purposes. And last but not least, say yes to God's pattern of success. Say yes to consistency because God looks at your pattern and God causes the increase. Maybe some of you here, you've not been experiencing increase in your life. It's not because of who you are. It's because of the patterns in your life. If you fix the pattern, God will bring the increase. But if you're unfaithful with the patterns, God will not put an increase because that increase will break you. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Lord, we just want to pray right now. Lord, I just want to release this word, Lord, out to everyone. And God, we just want to see people grow. Lord, I, I know that it's your heart. Our church is not just a place where we talk about the spiritual, but it's a place where, 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 where the spirit meets the physical. And God, you've placed leadership potential in people here. God, you've placed potential to make money in the lives of people here. God, you've placed potential for creativity. God, you've, Lord, you've placed future lawyers, future doctors, future engineers in here. But God, we're meant to be so much more than those things. God, help us to realize our potential. Help us to maximize our potential. God, I, I want to give this word to you. If you think that God's plan for you is just to come here and graduate, friends, you're thinking too small. That's never been God's plan for you. God wants you to graduate, of course. God wants you to do well, of course. But God wants you to also realize your potential, to develop the leadership potential within you, to develop the spiritual potential within you, and to develop the spiritual giftings within you. But you've got to learn to trade with God. You've got to learn to submit to His purposes. And you've got to learn to be consistent. Because God will look at the consistencies, the small things you do, and He will reward you with bigger things. 
God gave them an exercise on money management. And when they passed the money management, God made them managers of people. What you do today might look small, might look insignificant, but do it with all your heart because God sees it and God's going to reward. Father Lord, I pray for everyone here. Lord, just ask, Lord, that you just Lord, we pray right now that you will just speak into the hearts of everyone. God, I believe that there's nobody here that does not have a potential in you. But Lord, first of all, help us to realize, help us to embrace it. God, we are not placed where we are placed for no reason. We're not given what we're given for no reason. Everything comes from you. Help us, Lord, to use it for your glory. Help us, Lord, to live for you. Help us, Lord, to be faithful, Lord, uh, with, with everything, but especially the small things, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be faithful, Lord, uh, in, 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 in the private life so that you can add on to our public life. God, I just pray right now, Lord, that you will just help us, Lord, to maximize our time here for you, God. Lord, we're not meant to just study or just work or even just pass by. Lord, there's so much more, Lord. Help us, Lord, with whatever time we have left, Lord, to maximize that, Lord, to grow in that, to live in that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, Thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.